are listening to T-Mac and Cookie Monster on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Podcast. Engaging an exciting conversation on life, God, and pop culture. Every week on the Radiant Culture Podcast. Welcome everybody listening to the Radiant Culture Podcast. My name is T-Mac. And, and I'm Cookie Monster. Hi, Kuwaza. Hi, how are you guys? <laughs> Good. I've missed you. When was the last time you were here? Um, actually, missed you guys too. Can't remember when the last time I was here, but it's been too long anyway. Right? Very long. Ah, I remember the one on Idols. Yes? No? Yes. Yes, yes that one. Mm. The one on Idols. I've actually been watching Idols uh, this year's <laughs> Idols. <laughs> no, it's actually pretty dope. Like the As girls. In the essay Idols. Yes. Um, today we are going to be talking about. An issue that, yeah, Kuwaza is very well poised to address. Oh, I um, hope so. Uh, yeah, we, 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 we think so. Um, prophecies, right? So last week we listened to the episode of Prophetic or Pathetic. Um, and we kind of want to bring that into the Zimbabwean context. Because there have been so many prophecies spoken over our nation by different people, by local people, by people from outside, lots of different people. Who have spoken words, I don't know if you say over or into our nation. Um, and so many have popped up during this election time mm-hmm. because everyone's, you know, trying to see is this fulfilling something or, you know, what, where is everything, which direction are things taking? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we kind of want to look at those prophecies and see how accurate some of them were. <laughs> yeah. And what are we supposed to do with them? Like, once these words have been spoken over our nation, and then what? Like, do we pray to stop those things from happening or do we just say, okay, cool. So, Janaka eventually, <laughs> since the prophecy has been spoken. Yeah. 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 And, I, and I think one of the okay. things about prophecy is that um, you, you're always getting different uh, prophetic words coming through, especially for Zim. You know, there have been all kinds of prophetic words that have been given about Zim. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I, I'll be honest and say that the, the times that I've just thought, okay, are these, are these actual prophetic words that are going to come, come to pass? And how do we measure? You know what I mean? And sometimes you think, okay, okay I've heard people say things like, maybe it won't happen in your, in your lifetime. lifetime yeah. And I'm like, so what's the point? You know, everybody can say that. <laughs> yeah. How do you actually legitimize it? How do you know that um, these things are really from God and yeah. that they're, they're actually going to happen? So I've had those questions a lot about uh, just prophecy in general well there is a point because if you think look at jesus himself he was fulfilling prophecies that were like from kachana before he even was born so those people could have been like what's the point but there was a point but it just came a lot later i guess i guess the whole bible is kind of like that because jesus spoke about coming again and i'm I'm sure some of those guys thought he was coming again immediately Mm -hmm. and we're still waiting so Yeah. yeah So I want us to get into um, the, the meat of it all, which mm-hmm. is uh, we're going to single out a prophecy okay. that was spoken over, over Zimbabwe. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, there's, there's a counter prophecy to that, uh-huh. which I didn't actually know existed until the producer brought it up. Uh-huh. Um, and then we can then uh, go into the points and you know, just the, the different ways that you can measure prophecy. Is that okay for us to do That's that? That's all right. Yeah, T-Mac. That works. Is that okay? Yeah. Are you here, bro? Are you, are you awake? I'm here. <laughs> are you woke? Are you woke? <laughs> anyway, cool. Oh, by the end of this, I'm definitely <laughs> more woke than cool. I was. Cool. So 
basically in 1998, there was a prophecy that was spoken over Zimbabwe by mm-hmm. Cindy Jacobs. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I became a Christian, uh, well, when I became a, a, a more serious Christian, I remember this was one of the prophecies that was always declared and uh, prayed and referenced right about our nation. And so it's quite a long prophecy. Should I, should I read it? Is it necessary? Maybe, maybe, maybe I'll just single out a couple, of, a, a couple of things. But um, <laughs> the beginning of the, yeah. So we're gonna put the link on um, on our website. Then you can go check it out for yourself. But I'll, I'll single out a couple of things in the prophecy itself. So it says things like the ri- the river is going to flow through Zimbabwe, and I see a wonderful torrent of water, a mighty rushing torrent, many fish, right? Like I just always wonder why prophecies sound like they're so artistic. And anyway. But yeah, anyway, I see that there are many strongholds in the church of division and the accuser of the brethren is active to discourage souls. Then it says an army of women with the Deborah anointing will march across the land. And I remember like each time this would be said, the ladies would just go ballistic, pray and shout and go so money, right? They will will be like a net all over Zimbabwe with prayer. So there's that. Um, So I'm just paraphrasing, well, not paraphrasing, but I'm just kind of going through different sections. Then I'll use Zimbabwe like a jewel. She will help feed the world with beautiful produce. God will break the curse that came through civil war. The mm-hmm. curse will be broken. Right. And she and uh, there's a thing in brackets there that says, I know nothing about Zimbabwe. The land will produce beautiful beef. New factories will be built. Zimbabwe has the Ministry of Reconciliation that will unite the African people. The anointing of reconciliation will be all over Zimbabwe. So and it goes on and on and on. I, I won't be able to read everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last Section they say Zimbabwe will be like Switzerland to bring the healing of nations to break ancient things. Your nation came through trickery, but God will restore it. I think for the longest time this has been sort of like the anchor prophecy for, yeah, for for our nation, yeah. right? Yeah. But but there's this other prophecy which was spoken by a guy called Steve Bloom Bloomfield. Right. Sorry, why was it even called the Guatemala prophecy? Is that where she was when she spoke the prophecy? Yeah, yeah. Ah, okay. Is she from Guatemala? No, she was there. Uh, it must have been a conference or a crusade or something. And she oh. just started in Guatemala, talking about and then she started speaking. And she knew nothing about Zim. Yeah, she said about yeah. Zim. Yeah, she didn't know. Cool. So this is the counter prophecy because I, I want us to go through this quickly. <clears throat> so this goes to say, um, instead of reconciliation. Oh wait, let me let me just backtrack. The prophecy directly contradicted the 1997 prophecy, a prophetic overview of Zimbabwe. It says, instead of reconciliation, there would be division. Uh, what? Fomented by government. I don't know what that word means. Instead uh, of Zimbabwe. Created, uh, created by government. So government is going to create this division. Is that an actual yeah. word? Yeah, fomented. Fomented. Yeah. Fermented. yeah. Okay. No, because they are fermented. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. So... <laughs> Instead of Zimbabwe, like a jewel, it would be a poor nation. Instead of feeding okay. other nations, Zimbabwe would have to beg for food from other nations. <laughs> Sounding more accurate. Really. <laughs> Instead of the curse of civil war being broken, the civil war would be, would be brought to remembrance and used to justify exp- expropriation of land, mines, business, etc. Instead of new factories being built, I saw factories <clears throat> going bankrupt and lying empty. Instead of corruption being exposed at high places, it rages on unchecked and greatly and is greatly increased. Instead of Zimbabwe being used to bring healing to other nations, Zimbabwe would need healing. 
the army of Deborah anointed women would never happen as described because most spiritual leaders would always be men, right? Instead of the nation coming to repentance, Cindy Jacobs lulled the nation to sleep as it believed that God was protecting it, blessing it. The prosperity was never going to, to come to it. The church has never been able to point to sin as the cause of the problems in the nation. Instead, of most, instead most church leaders worship Cindy Jacobs and have continued to declare her mighty, her, a mighty prophet of God, one of God's generals. Those who declare her one of God's generals know that the prime test of a false prophet... Basically, true, yeah. if prophecy doesn't happen, then the speaker is a false prophet. A prophecy... A prophecy no, 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 no. So... This is quite interesting because this Steve Bloomfield guy says mm-hmm. this. So he's basically rubbishing this, this prophecy in a sense. Sounds like it. Yeah. And he's saying that all the things that were spoken by Cindy Jacobs did not happen or will not happen. I don't know. But that so, doesn't sound like a prophecy. That just sounds like he's dating facts. No, but well, he's, he's, um, he's spoken. When he spoke that word, it was very much at the same time. So he spoke about how oh. the civil war is going to be used, how the factory is going to lie empty. Oh, and at that's, that yeah, time. Yeah, that's oh, time. so yeah. this is a very so because this is some important this context. Yeah, this is so a very this ancient prophecy. No, this it, was it, spoken it, back then. Yeah, way back before then. the nation went into yeah before we, we 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 got to where we we are now. Right. Yeah. So apparently, this Steve Bloomfield of Bloomfield um, prophecy was actually spoken in '97 before Cindy Jacobs' prophecy, and then this uh, particular blog post that I'm referring to was then written by him later to say, this is what I prophesied back, way back before um, Cindy, J- Cindy Jacobs prophesied um, her, her prophecy. So h- how does this work? Because I find it very interesting, yeah. you know, that for decades as a nation, we've kind of held on to this Cindy Jacobs prophecy. Mm-hmm. And yet there's this other counter prophecy, so to speak. So, so what, what's that? Is it that we didn't hear God properly? Is it that this Steve guy... Is like okay, so we could go into the uh, (laughs) we could go into the realm of possibilities and uh, you know theories, but let's. I think if we can work with the with the prophecies just as they are. Yeah. uh, In my view, what comes to mind two things. Firstly, the prophetic is a team sport. That's why you find in the Old Testament there would be schools of prophets, Mm. or because we'd be referred to as the sons of the prophets. Right. And they would prophesy together. You find uh, Saul, you know, encounters a company of prophets yeah. prophesying. Yeah. So it was always a team sport. Um, and so the reason for that is, I would, I'd imagine, so that no one's getting puffed up and thinking, I'm, I'm, I'm the man. Of course, God would have a leader of the school of prophets, maybe like Elijah was oh, and Elisha after him. Right. But yeah. they would be within the context of a team. And so that's the first thing. The second thing is to understand that uh, as First Corinthians chapter 13 tells us, uh, that we prophesy in part and we know in part. Right. Meaning no one is ever going to prophesy everything. You know, no one's going to know the whole picture. So when someone comes to prophesy, they're prophesying on one side and someone else is going to prophesy, they can have more detail. Someone can come and prophesy and tell you where you come from, your ID number and so on. And someone else says, no, no, I've, I can't even tell you, you know, your name and your second name and what you ate yesterday and where you slept and all this kind of stuff. More detail. Why? Because people prophesy in part. We are, and even if they do tell you all that information, they can't tell you everything because mm-hmm. prophecy is limited. So coming back to these two prophecies, firstly, these are two prophets who, if you look at their track record, and it's one of the things that you know, uh, 
when you're weighing prophecy or when you're, when you're testing prophets, you're looking at their track record. How much of what they've said in the past has come to pass? Yeah. And both of them have got good track record in accuracy. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the next thing is to say, let's look at the prophecies themselves. <clears throat> what did Cindy Jacobs say? Did she say that that was going to happen next year, two years from three years? Is there any time limit to it? Mm-hmm. There's no times in there. It's a picture she's seeing of the future. And the future is one day from now, is also 20 years from now. Yeah. So Jacob is told, I mean, not Jacob, but uh, Joseph is told, or he says, I've, I've, I've had a dream, guys. And uh, in this dream, I saw all this stuff happening. I saw these sheaves bowing to my sheaf. And it seemed like it was going to happen tomorrow. But he had to wait for another 13 years before the fulfillment of the prophecy. Um, and you also see the same thing with Saul. You know, um, after he held on to uh, Samuel's garment and he tore, he said, this very day God has torn the kingdom from you. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it was there as king for another 13 years. Yeah. But it was said today, the, king, the kingdom is taken from you. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand the way God speaks. When prophecy comes, it sounds like it's going to happen tomorrow. Right. But that's not how it works you know, with God you know, oftentimes. Most often, when God speaks to you about the future, there's a period of waiting and testing and so on, and then the fulfillment <clears> comes. <throat> so with Cindy Jacob's prophecy, there's no timeline. I mean, if she had said that this is going to happen in two years' time, then that would have been something else that we could have used as a barometer to say, so did it happen in two years' time? Mm. And what uh, Mr. Bloomfield saw could simply have been, a, you see, prophesying in part. He saw a part. He saw what is imminent. Yeah. This is going to happen. And it's happened, the factories were shells and all that. Cindy Jacobs could possibly have seen after that period. Yeah. The jewel and Zimbabwe turning around. And actually, many prophets have come up over the years and ratified that word and said, Zimbabwe's going to turn around very quickly. You're going to have your own currency. It's going to be amazing. Many prophets have said that yeah. about Zimbabwe. So, in conclusion, <laughs> neither is wrong. Yeah, I'd say that I disagree with uh, Steve in the way. Yeah, when he said that he's a false prophet, because in his mind he saw her as she, though she was saying this is going to happen right away. He felt that this was lulling the church into a false sense of security. They need to be worried and repent and of sin and so on. Which I get where he's coming from when you look at the Old Testament about how people were told, you know, don't cry peace, peace when there's no peace. Yeah. But that's not what she was doing. She was giving a picture of what God showed her. Right. Yeah. And, and so I don't think it was right for him to go out and attack the prophecy in the way that he did. Okay. So then with his, so within his um, prophetic word being counted to hers and that it wasn't necessarily <laughs> very encouraging, mm-hmm. what are people supposed to do with a word like that? Okay. If it's saying, look, okay, your factories are going to shut down, your shops are going to be empty, corruption everywhere. Okay, thanks. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Like, All right. So if you look at what happened with John the Baptist when he came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, mm-hmm. brood of vipers, etc., etc. The axe is ready at the base of the tree. And then the people came to him and said, so what shall we do? Mm-hmm. So the thing we do is if you're coming to us and telling us all these things, tell us what we have to do. Yeah. And then John had a word for the different uh, societal groups. So the soldiers, hey, be content with your pay. Um, to the one who has uh, two tunics, give one to the one who doesn't have. 
So these are very practical guidelines. This is what repentance looks like. And if the prophet is saying this is going to happen, is he also telling us how we can avert it if we can? Mm. Every time, if you look in the Bible, you look at Jonah, he went and he prophesied it 40 days, and then disaster is coming. The people repented, and God turned things around. He relented of the disaster he's going to bring. Mm. You look at Daniel giving the interpretation of uh, Nebuchadnezzar's dream mm. about eating the grass. Yeah. And what's very interesting is how he ends that prophecy. And he, you know, he starts it off very tactful. He says, oh, if only this was for your enemies. You know, the interpretation. <laughs> yeah. But King, you can avert this by doing justice, you know, and you know, looking out for the oppressed and turning to the weak and so on. You yeah. know, you can avert this. But a year later, it came to pass because Nebuchadnezzar had not repented. Yeah. So there was that condition. Yes. Right. So this is Daniel coming in and saying, okay, this is what this word means. This is the disaster that's coming, but there's a way that you can avert it. If you repent and turn around, mm. God can change this for you. Because there's a principle in Jeremiah chapter 18. You like to read from verse 1 to 7, and this is Jeremiah being told about a potter. He's going, going sit next to the, to the potter, mm-hmm. and he's doing this thing with his pottery. And God says, can I not be like this to you, Israel? Can I not be... Uh, like the potter to your destiny. Right. And then he declared that if any nation, any nation, I speak about it and I say that it's going to be built up, right? But then that nation turns and sins against me, I will relent of the good I thought to do to that nation. And if a nation is sinning and doing wrong and I declare that I'm going to judge that nation, if the people repent, yeah. then I will also relent. See, that's why prophecy isn't supposed to be treated like it was like it's the, like it's the Bible because it's conditional. Some of it is conditional. Yeah. So if you repent, God will change the game, as He did for uh, for Nineveh when the guys repented. Yeah. God relented of the disaster that He has spoken through Jonah. So cool, was that? This actually brings me to a point that I think is very important, which is that the way prophecy is often presented, mm-hmm. right, and even viewed. Um, among many Christians, is that uh, when a prophetic word is given, mm-hmm. we we kind of view that as a definitive word that mm-hmm. it's been said, so it's going to come to pass, yeah. right? Yeah. And sometimes um, it's even given uh, with with an angle of fear attached to it, right? Uh-huh. So you so you are now when you now say that prophecy is not the word of god and should not be viewed no, as such. no 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 i'm, I'm saying it's, it's no, 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 no sorry so yeah, let me let me yeah. that, that prophecy is not the bible yeah it's, it's not on the same level as, as the, bible. Of the bible yes right so basically meaning that the vessel that's being used has heard from god but they can also mishear some things or they can misinterpret that's, certain things that's one exactly uh-huh. that's one thing they have a filter through which they hear it yeah or yeah. they may not see the complete picture, obviously. Because they will they, not see it. Not, not that they may not. They yeah. will not see the complete so picture. So what I'm trying to get at is this, that we have many prophetic churches and many yes. prophetic voices in our nation, yes. right? Yes. So now as a believer, we're told in the Bible to not treat prophecies with contempt. Mm-hmm. It says that. Mm-hmm. So as a believer, what is our position, right, okay. as believers? To say a, a prophetic word has been given by prophet so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Right, and I guess this leads us now to, to that list of things you're talking about. Mm-hmm. How do we evaluate? What's my stance supposed to be when okay. it comes to prophecy? Okay, I don't want to treat it with contempt, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't want to treat it like it's 
the final word. Yeah. And that that that's that. Yeah. Sazareba boarding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> okay, that just got me there. All right. <laughs> so, but I think it's important to just you know, like people like to read only certain parts of scripture, but read if you read the whole scripture, there it says, uh, "Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Weigh everything." So. Paul is not just saying don't treat you know, prophecy with contempt. He's now showing us how not to treat prophecy with contempt. Yeah. Yeah. In other words, the best way to react to prophecy is to weigh it. That's the best way you can honor prophecy. To say, someone is claiming to have been speaking in the name of the Lord. Let's run it through a few tests to see if it's actually from God. Contempt. And, this is, and it's very, very, very interesting. Again, Paul says, do not treat prophecy with contempt. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, Paul wouldn't say that, I would imagine, if he didn't, if in his mind he didn't think that it was possible that people would treat prophecy with contempt. With contempt all right. It's possible to treat prophecy with contempt because we say prophecy is not, is not on the same level as the uh, authoritative word of God, the Bible. So the other churches that say we don't even need prophecy. What's prophecy for? We have the word of God. God has spoken. So why do we need to hear what God is saying in you know, what color of... You know, shorts you were wearing last week. We don't care about that. We've got the word of God. You know, um, and so that's treating prophecy with contempt. Now I move on to the weighing and testing everything, right? We must weigh and test all prophecy. Someone comes and says, this is what the word of the Lord is saying. We don't need through a few tests. Uh, and I'll just run through, through them uh, pretty quickly if I can. Firstly, the biggest test is, is, is it in line with the word of God? Now you'd expect that if God is speaking something, he wouldn't contradict himself. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and so, if God has said something in his word, and then he comes and says something that is opposite, if someone prophesies to you and says, God is saying you must divorce your wife or divorce your husband, this is what the Lord is saying. You know, because they are just not at your level. <laughs> you know, where are you coming from? Yeah. That's contrary to the word of God. So the first test is, is what... Is this the kind of thing that God could possibly say? Could we find this in the word of God? And then if that uh, uh, box is ticked, we move on. Is it in line with the character and ministry of Jesus? Revelation 19 verse 10 says, uh, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Right. So all prophecy in some way will testify to the character and ministry of Jesus in some way. Mm-hmm. And so we're asking that question as well to say, is this can we say that this prophecy is uh, the testimony of Jesus? And then we're looking as well at First Corinthians chapter four, verse First Corinthians fourteen, verse three, saying, "Prophecy is to exhort, prophecy is to edify, prophecy is to comfort." And we ask ourselves, is this edifying? Is this comforting? Is this in, uh, is this encouraging? Yeah. But with that one, I'll put in a caveat, and I'll say. When you're looking at the gift of prophecy as opposed to the office of the prophet, when you're looking at the gift, and this is what Paul is speaking of in that context, yeah, you can, uh, most of the people who speak with the gift will operate in that realm. But the guys who are in the office of the prophet will bring rebuke as well and so yeah. on. So that's not a hard and fast rule. Okay. But generally, you know, you want, you want to look for that. Not all this doom and gloom and warmongering. Not to say that it's not true, but just saying, those are the kind of things that we're looking at first up. And then also, has it come to pass, as we have seen, uh, we've discussed it already, Deuteronomy 18, verse 21, 22, 
says, if a man comes and prophesies and doesn't come to pass, do not fear that person because I have not sent him. So it's very important. Did it come to pass? Okay. Predictive prophecy is beautiful. Mm-hmm. If you prophesy that uh, the producer is going to win the election 2018 and be president, his name was not on the ballot, <laughs> but he's going to win. Right? We wait for the day, and then we look and see, okay, what happened? Producer, where are you at? Yeah. And all we see on producer is his ink finger to show that he voted. That's all we know. He doesn't have an office. He doesn't have the power to be <coughs> president. So, sorry, sir. God didn't send you. You know what I mean? So... And I'm just using that as a figure of speech because that has actually happened. <laughs> there were two people, pro- there are two camps, some prophesying that this, is going, this guy is going to win, some saying that the guy is going to win. Yeah. And then one, only one can happen, not both. Yeah. Mm. So the guys who were, who were saying the other guy was going to win, obviously were not speaking from God. No matter how much they will try to window dress it and tell you that you know God's will and they stole and all this kind of thing and all mm. this kind, of, yeah, you hear people give all these. But the scripture is very clear: if it didn't come to pass, <laughs> God didn't. But maybe didn't. like what you're saying, like the timing issue. Exactly. That's that's okay. But then, when you have, I mean, there's there's a timing issue. But if if we are if we are if we're going to be definitive. Remember, we spoke about uh, Cindy Jacob's prophecy. Mm. There was no timing there. Yeah. But if you say that the coming election is going to produce a particular winner. That's very definitive. Mm. Yeah. That's not that you, we can't talk. Oh, maybe it's in the by and by. What we can say is that maybe you saw something in the future and you thought it was for now. Mm. So exactly. You see that, you see that filter that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The prophet filters it because maybe they are a supporter of the party of the individual for whom they're prophesying. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and that's why from a personal point of view, I'm not saying this for everybody. Yeah. But what I found is the more you are neutral about these things, the more and the easier it is to hear what God is actually saying. Yeah. Because if you are not neutral, you remember what we said about your heart, your heart yeah. the idols in your heart. So you want someone to be leader and God will speak to you. I mean, you'll see the visions. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, is the, this is the crazy thing about it. You will see the visions. You will hear stuff. You will have a, 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 you know, all the, in 3D, technical, all this kind of stuff. And, oh, and then I saw this guy, and then he was raised up, and then he was doing this and that. You know what I mean? And, yes, you're actually seeing that, but it's God speaking what's in your heart. Hmm. That's so tricky. It's very tricky, and that's why we have to be so, I mean, being a prophecy. That's why, you know, we need to cut these guys some slack a little bit, prophets in general, because... It's a very difficult calling. Right. Very difficult calling. I remember telling someone about Balaam. Sorry, mm-hmm. I just, I think I need, I need to labor this point just a little bit. That's okay, go for it. Balaam uh, was told by God not to go. Right? First up, the guys come from, ba- uh, from uh, Balak, and they say, can you come and curse these guys for us? And then they go away, says, no, I can't. And then Balak says, I know what the issue is. Just give him, send more money, and send officials of higher, you know. Rank. Rank, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. And then when they showed up, you know, uh, Balaam says to God, shall I go with them? Mm-hmm. And God says to him, you can go with them, but only speak what I tell you. 
And then Balaam got on his donkey and went. But the Bible says something very, very interesting, shocking even. It says, but God was angry that Balaam went. Why don't you ask God? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You see what I'm talking about? So God is saying, I see your heart. You, you, you're asking, but you're already gone. Mm. You know, you're, you're already there. So go, but only say what I'm, but God, that's not his heart. You know, it's, it's a bit like, and I said this to someone, it's a bit like, you know, sometimes people talk about, you know, husbands and wives, where before you know your wife well or whatever, you know, you say, ah, I'm going, I'm going out with the boys. Uh, is it okay? And then you'll hear maybe something like, oh, no, no, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, she said, okay, mm. but is it okay? You know what I mean? You just know there's a, there's a way that it's, uh, you know, you just know that, mm, okay, that's, um, that, that's go, go. If you do not know what's good for you, go. Yeah. It's yeah. You know what I mean? So okay. is that, is that way with the spirit of God? It's that way with God as well. God will say, okay, fine, you do it. But his heart is not there because he's basically seeing your heart yeah. and reflecting back to you in his word. That is so scary. Your own heart. It's terrifying, right? <laughs> and people will just like, say, oh, God, God said it was, yeah, he said it was cool. Which is why we need, and I'll come to the next point, is the witness of two or three. You mm-hmm. know, there's a principle that goes from the Old to the New Testament. Right. Let every matter be established by two or three witnesses. Yeah. So if you have a prophecy that is earth shattering, that means you're going to leave the country or this is going to happen. That's going to, you know, that, that means that you're going to have to make huge changes in your life. You can't just do that because one person spoke. Uh-huh. You have to have the witness of somebody else coming in. So if you receive a prophecy like that, you say, oh, Lord, thank you. Can you please send someone to confirm it? Or... Let it be a confirmation of what God has already spoken to you before this person came. Yeah. So that's very important with prophecy. Don't just take the one. And even Joseph says something. It's a very important principle. He says to Pharaoh, the doubling of your dream, because he had a dream that was similar but had different things as cows, and then there was, um, uh, was it barley or something. <clears throat> and Joseph says to him, the doubling of your dream shows that this thing is fixed with God. Uh-huh. So this is not the kind of thing that you can repent and say, oh God, and put on sackcloth and then he changes. This is the kind of thing where we have to now sit down and say, this is coming, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. And this is what I propose that you do. And then he gave that uh, idea and then that you know, elevated him. But that's a very important principle, the doubling of the word. How often have we heard it? Okay. Yeah. If God is going to build up Zimbabwe, how many prophets are saying it? A lot. You see, it's very important. So the more prophets that are credible, because there's some prophets that just want to grab on the, 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 the big prophets and then they want to be, you know, they don't, don't latch onto that and then they bring a word that's similar because they're just trying to build themselves up. They haven't heard from God. We're talking about reputable prophets. Yeah. Different continents, different nations saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Then you know this word has weight and you are able to lay, you know, uh, trust it more than you would if you didn't have that kind of consensus. Yeah. Around it, yeah. See, Mike, anything you want to say before we round up? Um, I actually just had a question, not a question per se, but like, I think personally for me, I've gotten to the point where I don't care anymore, which okay. might not be a very good thing because there've been so many contradicting voices, okay, right? So the 
I'm now just like, whatever happens is going to happen. I'll just pray, Angu, for the things that I don't want to happen, like yeah. against those things. <laughs> but like, yeah, like how, how can we encourage that person who's just like, just heard prophecy after prophecy after prophecy. Some have come to pass, most haven't. But you're just like, Lord, I can't make sense. I can't make heads or tails of this stuff. Okay. So I'm just going to shelve it and just live my life. Uh-huh. Like, is there a danger in just totally ignoring it? Yeah, look, uh, remember when the word of God is coming from God, God has a purpose. He wants to prepare his people. He wants his people to be encouraged. He also wants people to be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, he told them about all the bad things that are going to happen to them. And he said to them, I've told you these things before they happen so that none of you will fall away. Mm-hmm. So the reason that Jesus was telling them, this is all going to happen to you. Don't think when it happens that God has left you or maybe you followed the wrong gospel. Yeah. These things are going to happen, but hey, you're still in. And so that's so, it's so important for them to hear that, that. Then they could be crucified upside down. All these things would happen to them. Floggings and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And understand, oh, he told us that these things would happen to us. Yeah. And so we will not then say, shelve this gospel mm. so the prophetic is very important we don't want to shelve it uh, God said to Jeremiah uh, let the one who has his word speak it faithfully do not then because there are other people speaking false stuff then you don't speak then he says for what has straw to do with grain straw is straw and grain is grain what we need to now learn and to teach the people is to say we need to discern mm. which spirit is speaking First John chapter 4 uh, test the spirits. Don't believe everything. Don't believe every spirit, but test every spirit. Is this coming from God or not? So don't then say it's so contradictory. Sharpen your capacity to weigh. Yeah. Sharpen your capacity to tell the difference. And to the person who's really saying, ah, oh, that's okay, but still I'm really in the dumps and I don't even hear this. I'll just say to the person, you have the word of God. What does the word of God say about praying for your nation? Who are you supposed to pray for? What are the kind of things that you're supposed to pray for? Those are in the word of God. Mm. Right? The heart of a king is, is, is like a water course in the hand of the Lord. Yeah. He directs his way whichever way he pleases. So you pray, God, direct the hearts of our leaders towards justice and equity and righteousness. Yeah. Right? right? Pray for your leaders you know, and all those who are in authority. Pray for them that they will know the Lord, you know, the name of the Lord, and they will know God, they will save themselves, and that they would cause and make rules and laws that will enable us to lead godly, you know, godly and peaceful lives. Stuff like that. You know, it's all there in the scriptures. Yeah. So you have something to be able to pray for your nation. There's no excuse to say, ah, well, because the prophets are saying different things. You can still pray the general will of God over the nation. Mm-hmm. But I would say still learn to weigh, learn to test. And also have your own relationship where you are coming and saying, this is what God has said. Yeah. You know, and I don't want to get into personal testimonies about this, but what I want to say is this. If you deepen your relationship with the Spirit, Jesus said when the Spirit of God comes, He will show us what is to come. Mm-hmm. Right? That's one of the things He will do. Mm-hmm. Not just to the prophets, but to anyone yeah. who has him. And you'll guide us yeah. the truth. So you will know about you know, certain appointments in cabinet. You'll know about what's going to happen after the elections. You'll know how long the violence is going to last. All these kind of things. He knows them mm. intimately. Yeah. You know, so you can also hear and then pray along the line that God is speaking to you. And you can also bring that to the company of the saints. 
Remember, I said prophecy is a team sport. See, that, that, that's the problem. We leave it to these big guys and say, I know they're the big guys who spend yeah. time with God mm-hmm. in the mountain and whatever. What about you? What are you doing? <laughs> you know, spending time watching Netflix all the time. What are you doing? Yeah. Then why aren't you seeking God yourself as well so that you can bring something to the party and then that guy is diluted because everybody is prophesying. That's, what, that, that's the vision of God. Paul said, guys will come in, unbelievers will hear everyone prophesying and you know, exposing the secrets of their hearts. Mm. Everyone knows your street number. Everybody in the church. I mean, the guy who's ushering, the guy who's taking the tithe, the guy who's just sitting there joining maybe just you know three weeks ago. Everyone's prophesying, and like, oh, how come you know, you know? And no, it's not just that one guy you know in front. That's God's vision, and we should pursue it through walking with Him and in relationship with Him and expectancy. God, you're here. Do it in me and through me too. Yeah, this is awesome. Amen. Cool. But we really have to close now. Yeah, <laughs> Kuwaza, thank you for that. Thank you. Uh, and to our listeners, I, you know, I love what Kuwaza is saying that um, just the, the last bit at the end, the way he's saying, I think there's a lot to do with our responsibility as well, where we need to really come back to a place of, of seeking God for ourselves and desiring to hear God for ourselves and not just leave the responsibility with, with the leaders. Yeah. You know, what, what do we have to work with and the word of God and our own relationship with God. So that, that's really amazing. And uh, yeah, so I think that's it for today. I know there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. Like I've got so many questions, but I think we'll end it here today. Team, awesome. we're good? Yes, we're good. So if you want links to all of those prophecies and the different ones that have been spoken over our nation, those will be on the website. And yeah, please do interact with us. We want to know your thoughts. We want to know what other things you want us to talk about on this show. It's the people's show. So yeah, <laughs> thank you all for listening and we'll be, yeah. Praying for you, and we hope you pray for us too. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Radiant Culture Podcast. If you want to make a contribution, make a suggestion, or have a request, you can get in touch with us via email on radiantatthehub.co.zw or inbox us on Facebook and Twitter. Look out for the next episode, and remember to share this one with everybody you know. God bless. It's hot. It's fresh. It's uncut. Hashtag Real Talk on the Radiant Culture Podcast.